It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by G. Here's your host, Matt Derry. All right, let's do this, everybody. Another edition of Wired, the Pistons podcast. Thank you for joining me. Brought to you by Jeep as we discuss Pistons basketball and get you ready for the draft. It is a week from Thursday, a week from today where we record this on Thursday, June 13th. The Pistons will be picking 15th in the first round, 45th in the second round, so they'll have two new players a week from today. And we'll get into it with Gregory Kelser, special cake. Greg Kelser, longtime Michigan State Spartan legend, former NBA great, and of course, a guy that uh, does a fantastic job on the TV side as the Pistons TV analyst for many, many years, joining George Blaha. We'll talk to Greg Kelser about the state of the Pistons, the draft, and his basketball camps coming up in a little bit here on Wired. Got to keep you updated on everything that's going on with the Pistons as they continue to bring in draft prospects. Uh, up to the Palace practice facility. On Monday, six players were up there working out. Barry Brown Jr., the guard from Kansas State. Uh, Deeg Diawara, who's a forward from French. Nikola Miskovic, forward from Serbia. From Omaha, a guard, Zach Jackson. Guard Josh Perkins from Gonzaga. And small forward, uh, tweener, three, four man, O'Shea Brissett from Syracuse. He was in on Monday. Um, there's one thing you kind of notice with all of these guys is, again, the Pistons continue to keep bringing in guys that you'd figure will be there at 45 or could be undrafted a rookie free agents. So there's nobody on that list that I saw that could be a, a first-round consideration sitting at number 15. As far as O'Shea Brissett, that's a player that I'm very familiar with in watching him for his first two years at Syracuse, my alma mater, uh, really shot the ball very poorly last year, but He's got an NBA body and is a guy that can really rebound the ball. And if he's making threes, really can be that threat both off the dribble and shooting it. All right, on Wednesday, six more guys were up at the practice facility, including Terrence Mann, very athletic guard from Florida State, Khalil Iverson from Wisconsin, Robert Franks from Washington State, Jalen Adams, kind of a combo guard from UConn, Brian Bowen, who did not go to college last year, was a part of some some uh, a controversy and committing to Louisville and then not playing there and instead taking a year off from basketball and and, and, and trying his hand overseas. Brian Bowen uh, is a guy that, that, that many people feel will go high second round. And Jarrell Brantley from Charleston. Those guys worked out on Wednesday. And then Thursday, more players uh, at the practice facility in, I almost said Allen Park, uh, in Auburn Hills. Jordan Bone, athletic from Tennessee. Charlie Brown, a forward from St. Joe's. Uh, Jalek Felton from uh, Union, a guard from uh, Union Olympia. Trevor Manuel, forward from Olivet College. Guard Zach Norvell from Gonzaga. And then Derek Pardon, a forward from, um, where's Derek Pardon from again? From Northwestern, played for the Wildcats. So the draft workouts will continue. And, um, They'll continue through next week. And what I like that the Pistons are doing is they're putting all the guys up on the podium, letting them answer questions. Uh, Terrence Mann's a really good basketball player. And again, I'm noticing with Bone, Norvell, Bowen, Terrence Mann, versatility, athleticism. But again, all nine guys that I mentioned, none of them, I would figure, would be considered at number 15. The Pistons being very close to the vest with who they like in the first round and where they may go with that number 15 selection. 
All right, let's welcome into Wired this week, the Pistons podcast, Greg Kelser. You've seen him for many, many years on the Fox Sports Detroit broadcast as the TV analyst working alongside George Blaha. So we are just one week away. Crazy to think from the 2019 NBA draft. What's up, Greg? Hey, man, everything is good. How about you? I'm hanging in, my friend. Uh, Your thoughts basically on where the Pistons sit right now. And obviously, you know, we don't need to get too draft-centric here because who knows who they're going to take at 15. But how do you kind of handicap going into the draft and free agency and where this organization is right now? Well, I know what they need. If you are watching the uh, the teams that are playing right now and the teams that are that were in the playoffs earlier and and made a little run in the playoffs, uh, many of them had some of the same characteristics. They had athleticism. They had players that could they could make plays off the dribble. They had play players that could hit shots. Um, and and that's where the NBA uh, is right now. You you need guys that can go out and and be creative and, and do things with the basketball in hand as opposed to maybe what we used to see, guys coming off screens and, and that sort of thing. Not saying that that's not still valuable, but that's where the Pistons are right now. They really only have one guy on the roster, maybe 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 one and, and a couple of halves that can, can do those things. Blake, obviously, is tremendous with the basketball. Uh, he, he makes teams have to think about doubling him. He's a pretty good passer, so... Uh, he could be effective. He could make others around him better. Uh, Ishmet, to a degree, when he comes off the bench, pushing the ball up the floor is pretty good with it in his hands. And at times, Reggie can be uh, uh, good as well. Reggie had a pretty good year when you look at it in his totality. But uh, clearly, he, he's he, in my mind, he, he's not the player that he was uh, before his uh, myriad of injuries. Uh, he's not that same guy that we saw when he had his first school year with the Pistons, averaging almost 19 a game. They got to the playoffs, won 44 games that year. Um, they've got to get back to. Uh, they've got to. They've got to join the, uh, the the group of teams that that do have the ability with multiple players to do things off the dribble uh, with the basketball for themselves, and then when uh, defenses slant their way with multiple defenders. Uh, they're able to pass it and, and help others. You know, Greg, it's funny. We've talked to a lot of people here on the podcast about needs and everything else in the offseason. Unfortunately, it's been a little bit longer than I think fans would have liked, but obviously everything happened for a reason in that first-round series with the Bucks. But I, you know, you're kind of talking point guard a little bit more than wing. What what would you say is more of a, a need then in terms of is no, no, it, it... No, 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 no. I'm not, uh, I'm not talking just point guard. Yeah. I'm talking player. Okay. Because if you look at Toronto, for instance, look at that guy... Pascal Siakam, who's a good basketball hand, uh, ball handler, and who in his second year now is on the cusp of, cusp of, of becoming an all-star because of his ability to do things with the basketball. He doesn't need someone feeding him in the post. He doesn't need someone setting a screen for him. You can give him the ball on the wing and let him go. Uh, basketball more and more and more is becoming positionless. You don't have to have a one or two or three. You got to have someone who can just play and create and put the ball in the hoop. Ultimately, how, how difficult is that going to be when you're picking 15 and when you need to wait probably one more year to clear money off the books to, to dive into free agency? You got to really be good. You got to really be good at, at, at uh, observing and ranking, uh, evaluating talent. Because, yeah, 15, you'd love to be picking five instead of 15, but where did Kawhi Leonard go? Right. 
Yeah, same with same with Giannis. Absolutely. So they're they're you know they they might be out there again. You just got to be really good in 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 in, in selecting. Uh, I guess in visualizing as well. Gregory Kelser with me, of course, Pistons analyst from Fox Sports Detroit. We're going to talk about his basketball camps coming up in a second. Let me ask you about the brain trust that's running this thing next week in Ed Stefanski, and I've talked to him and and the people below him. I like how this front office is set up, and I and I and I like Ed, and I think he's he's already done some good things with finding some guys that maybe like Thonmaker and Svee aren't going to be real expensive, but may turn out. How confident are you in this group running this thing that? that they can, like you said, find that diamond in the rough at 15 and maybe beat other teams to the punch? Well, I have confidence in, in Ed and, uh, and his, his, his team. I think, they're, I think they're very capable. I think they're patient. I think they understand that it's not going to be an overnight fix. Um, this, is, um, this, this is a very mature... Uh, group, and, you know, Malik Rose, who, who has, who has had success in the league as a player, and one of very, very smart people. If you talk to him, uh, he understands. Uh, I think this is going to get done. Uh, and of course, Dwayne Casey, uh, you know, really have a lot of respect for him and, and, um, and, and what he has achieved in the league, where he's come from. Uh, I think they know what they want and they know how to get there. And they're not going to do anything foolish uh, to try and speed up the process. But in the meantime, still be competitive, still be making uh, positive strides uh, towards uh, 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 being a contender uh, in the midst of this this journey, this process. Uh, I really, really appreciated uh, what they demonstrated and, and even what they said when so many people in this town was thinking that they shouldn't even make the playoffs at all. I thought that was crazy. Um, I, I, thinking that maybe they should throw games in, 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 the, uh, in, in the effort to try and get a, a, a higher draft pick and, and things like that, and they wanted no part of that. And, and they were not uh, lukewarm about letting you know it either. They, they flat out said, that's not what we're going to do, that's not what we're about, and I, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, Greg, you were uh, you were fired up on one of those post game shows. I saw it uh, where where you were very critical of, I don't know, I guess local 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 radio hosts, and and you kind of just said, "Hey, I get in the car, and here's what I'm listening to." Uh, I, th- I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting. I know that's not usually the FSD way. Sometimes I I kind of I kind of thought you uh, you were fired up that night. <laughs> well, it touched a nerve because I am a former player. And as a player, you compete. And your sole purpose is to try to win. I don't care what or where you are in the standings or, or what the prognosis is for you uh, that season and your ability to win a championship. I don't care about that. It's, it's a game-to-game situation and circumstance, and the objective is to win, to try to win. And the notion that you should do anything less than that, I just can't get to it. Uh, I know Philadelphia, they're getting, they're still getting, uh, credit for what they did to right. get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. But do you realize they took their fans through five years of garbage 
five years, when I say I'm not talking about the players, I mean just five years of non-competitiveness and uh, fortunately for that organization, um, folks supported it. We would go in and Philadelphia was in the midst of winning 12, 15, 17 games and they were still having really, really good crowds. I don't know how they were able to convince them of that. I don't think that sell here in Detroit. I don't think that you can ask them to tank and then appeal to the people. But go see them. Go spend your money. This is going to take time, but they're building. They weren't going to do that. The people who were suggesting that they throw the season away, they weren't going to do that. What probably would have happened would have been a continuing of dogging uh, of the denouncing and ridicule uh, while they were going through this process. Uh, and as we see, Philadelphia, are they any closer to a championship? I mean, are we saying next year is going to be Philly's year? They got to the seventh game with Toronto, a lucky shot, so on and so forth. No, we're not saying that. You don't know if that's going to work at all. I like the way the Pistons did it back in the early part of the century. I like how they uh, took a 32-win season in, I believe it was 2000, maybe 2001, and within four years they were winning a championship. But they did that through through trades, uh, free agent acquisitions, and uh, drafting a player at the 22nd spot, I believe it was Tayshaun Prince. So there are ways to get it done. There are. I, I'm with Greg Kelsey. We're talking to Greg Kelsey here on Pistons Wired. Matt Derry with you, brought to you by Jeep. I, I've never been a tanking guy either, but I will say I think, you know, I, I do think Philly, you know, because they got Embiid and they got Simmons and those guys were, were, were their picks and they were pretty obvious choices at the top of the draft that they, you know, I guess you could say the process has worked because they are very good now. But like you said, it doesn't guarantee a championship. And I think the biggest thing that for the Pistons, especially this year with this 15th pick, is it's going to be so difficult to say, oh, you know, one, two, three years maybe into this thing if they got it right or not because so many guys are – because this draft, Greg, you know this. I mean, after the top three or four guys, it's a it's it's luck. It's a real crapshoot. <laughs> it really is. It really is. You know, it would be interesting to see where guys would land – if you could go back a year after a year later and, and do it all over again. Uh, there are going to be some guys that are picked in you know, from 15 to 20 that are going to be much better than guys that are picked from 1 to 5. That, that's every year. That's every year. Uh, you, but, again, you just have to – it really calls for you to have to do your homework, bring guys in, and, uh, and, and, and be really, really smart uh, in evaluating their talent and how they might fit in. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, uh, a couple of years ago, was he 15, 16? They're out there. They're out there. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this, this thing goes next week. All right, I want to ask you about Andre Drummond a little bit um, and where you think he is in his development and what kind of year you think he had this past year. Andre had a really good year. Uh, I know the expectations for him uh, are higher for a lot of people, and, and I think that there's still room for improvement as well. I think the biggest thing for Andre is he, I, I, I think, I believe that he made some strides this year from a maturity standpoint. Um, he still has a ways to go. He's still a young guy, but um, I, I think that Andre uh, understands better and maybe it's because he has a, a veteran like Blake Griffin there to watch and learn from. But I think Andre probably understands 
more of the commitment that's required to, to be the best, uh, both as a player, individual, and, and help your team be the best. I think he has a better understanding of that. The one thing I will say about Andre is that he shows up. He plays. He's there. You can count on him every night. He only missed games last year because of the concussion protocol that, that he uh, that he had to um, uh, adhere to when uh, he had the injury, uh, when he was hit in the head. I uh, can't remember the opponent, but um, uh, James uh, James Johnson got it. But anyway, um, he um, he he is a twenty twenty threat every night. I, I know he's playing a position that is that is now being diminished every time. Big guys, uh, you know, who play inside close to the basket and all of that. But I still think there's room in the game for a guy that can go and be dominant on the inside most nights who can give you 20 points and 20 rebounds and, you know, two or three block shots and maybe even get you an assist or two. He, you know, he has quick hands, quick feet, so he gets steals, all of this stuff. There's, he's still very valuable, and, and I would be uh, very careful uh, it, 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 you know, before I would ever think about letting a player like that go. Um, and I know a lot of people around here have soured on Andre and would like to see him move on, but be careful. Be careful about that because he is a rare talent in the league, and uh, he's a two-time All-Star. He's 25 years old. Uh, he He's probably just scratching the surface of his overall potential. You know, with Andre and with Blake kind of on the interior, although Blake, you know, turned into almost a point forward this year, like you said, positionless basketball, you look at 45 in that second-round pick. If you're Ed Stefanski, Greg, and the way this game is going now where guys are passing up wide-open layups to kick it out for three, do you just take the best shooter at 45? Like, you know, we mentioned Fletcher McGee on the on the pod before, and Matt McQuaid was here visiting, a guy that obviously you know very well from MSU. Do you just look up at 45 and go, we're going to take somebody that can just shoot it from deep? That's safe. That would be safe. That would be a safe thing to do. But even though shooting is at a premium uh, and, and it, it's a very valued uh, trait now, you, there's still some other things you got to be able to do out there on the floor. So you do have to take some of that into consideration. Can the guy defend? Can he rebound? Is he strong? Does he have stamina? <clears throat> uh, can he do anything if uh, forced to put it on the floor? Uh, if that open kick-out three-pointer is, is covered and, and it's not available, what what else can he do? So I think you do have to take other things into consideration. But, yeah, um, history has shown us, uh, even before the game became three-point dominant, history has shown us that if you can shoot, if you can really shoot, you can have longevity in the league. Oh, I don't think there's a, there's any doubt about that. And you look at what Clay Clay Thompson's the money's going up <laughs> after this after yeah. this finals, just yeah. because he just when he gets on and he he gets hot, it's it's unbelievable. All right, Greg, uh, you're... he can do other things too. He, oh yeah, he, he's he's, a, he's a, one of the better defenders in the league. So I would urge any guy out there who who is a knockdown shooter, and that's your strongest attribute, add some more stuff, add some more things. I was going to ask you about that with your basketball camps. You've been running them for years uh, here in Detroit and and in Southeast Michigan. Um, tell the fan, tell fans about how they can get their kids involved, and obviously, what what types of different wrinkles have you added over the years? Well, anybody who's been affiliated with my camps know that they're more than basketball. That's the one thing we pride ourselves on. It's we call it basketball education uh, now, basketball mentoring now, because. 
we we really do spend a lot of time uh, bringing groups in, organizations in that emphasize uh, classroom education, uh, character building, and things of that nature. I think they go hand in hand. Um, it, it's important when you have youngsters in your midst that you talk about more than than just sports because. So many of them, while they, I know they aspire to be professional athletes, so on and so forth, but they, 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 their, their greatest success, the majority, will come through the education that they acquire. So we really, really push that. But in the meantime, we do play a lot of basketball, and we teach fundamentals, and we try and develop that talent and skill and, 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 and the all-around athlete if we possibly can. So we cover all of that each and every day. We've got two camps in Detroit that are already – uh, filled, so we, we, we're not talking a whole lot about them. Uh, one's at the University of Detroit's Callahan Hall, the other one's at Renaissance High School. But we do have two that are still available, and those are the ones that we're promoting now, and I'm thankful to get a chance to talk about it on your show, and that's um, July 22nd to the 26th will be at Gross Point North High School, and August 5th through the 9th will be at West Bloomfield High School. The camps are for boys and girls ages 7 to 17, and all the information is at my website, which is gregorykelser.com slash basketball, or just gregorykelser.com, and you can click on the basketball link. But all the information is there. You can register there. And uh, we just have a great time. Earl Cureton's one of my, you know, I've been doing camps now for over 40 years. Yeah. Back to 1978 was my first one. And Earl has been there with me throughout. Earl is really passionate uh, about the kids and, and he really gets involved. I'm there every day as well. So we have a great staff. Everybody understands what we're trying to do, what we're trying to accomplish with the kids. And, and the greatest, uh, compliment we get comes from, uh, adults who once were a part of the program, granted that given that we've been doing it so long now, long now. And they, they say that, Hey, you know, your camp kind of changed my way of thinking about this, 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 and that, the other. And, um, uh, you know, you guys said some things I never forgot. That That's a great compliment. And when parents ask us, why don't you have this program uh, more? Why don't you do it, a, a, you know, more or year-round? That's a compliment, too. That tells us that we're doing some of the right things. Special K, my man, uh, we will uh, definitely promote that for you. Gross Point North and obviously West Bloomfield at GregoryKelser.com. Get all the information. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you, Matt. All the best to you and your family. Greg Kelser, Special K, Fox Sports Detroit, uh, Pistons TV analyst, uh, of course, runs those Greg Kelser basketball camps. And again, read them, uh, find out all about dates, times, and everything else at GregoryKelser.com. A couple of camps coming up in July and August that you definitely want to uh, send your sons or daughters to. Greg's just a great person and teaches the game of basketball, but also teaches the game of life which is, uh, I think, very, very cool. So we appreciate his time. All right, next week, haven't decided yet. We may do two shows next week. We may do a pre-draft show uh, and and try to get Ed Stefanski or somebody from the front office on here with us on Wired, and then maybe a post-draft show next Friday. Regardless, looking forward to next week for sure as we talk more about the draft. Thank you for listening. We're brought to you and presented to you by our friends at Jeep. This has been Wired. My name is Matt Derry. Talk to you again next week.